Hey, who? What? Get your hands up. There we are. Don't move. Don't reach for them guns. Take it easy, you galoots. Put away the hardware and relax. What's Greg? the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Radio Mysterioso. You're coming through. Actually, you're coming through the wrong. Turn it this way. Oh. There. Now, now you're the... to the right of this looking forward, and I'm to the left of this looking forward. There we go. That's perfect. That is politically incorrect, however. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> there. We'll, we'll put that water right in front of the recorder. Oh, you want some more ice in that water? That would be nice. Okay, I'm going to get some more ice for the water and get Sigurd's books out of here. Now, is Sigurd going to walk in on the middle of the thing? Or? Yes. Okay. Probably. Well, she what will what will happen is she'll call, and I'll have to go outside and move my car, so I'll pause the recording. Okay. Hope I'm not on a roll at that point. Well, if you're on, if you're on a roll, just keep talking. Okay. And I'll, I'll run out the door, and you can talk and call me names. And... <laughs> Greg, what are you doing out there? We're going to do a damn show here. Get the hell. Good to know. That is really good to know. I can hear that in the recording. That's great. Yeah. The the uh, ice? The ice and the uh, bubbly. Man, maybe that's the way we should do it. Oh, look, let's leave on. Uh, maybe that's what we should open the show with. You drop some more ice in there, and that'll be your new opening. <laughs> ice water. Plop, plop, With fizz, Greg fizz. Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> It's a hundred and it, it got up to uh, probably over a hundred, close to a hundred day. We went to a, Ken is visiting, Ken Thomas here is uh, visiting Los Angeles. Um, Ken I've known since 91. Oh my God, that long ago. We found, we found that book. <laughs> we found a copy of um, Gods of Eden signed by William Bramley in I think May of 91. And that was at the uh, UFO yeah, Expo so- West. And you were sitting there at a, uh, at a at your steam shovel table or something like that, mm-hmm. with your That's wife and, and Simon before he was a, a, an adult, and uh, probably probably Sarah too. Your Sarah kids too. were there. Yeah. And uh, that's when I first met you. 
Oh, really? It's that far back? You know, I remember early visits. I remember we were in the desert once on a, on a car. You had a gun. <laughs> I had a gun? Yes. Is what was I doing with a gun? I don't remember you shooting it off. But uh, that was uh, in Joshua Tree. You know, suffice it to say we've known each other for a long time. A, a, a scary long time. Okay, so we can, how about we take it from the top? <laughs> no, this, this is all going to be in there. Oh, come on. I think I know Boy, you're listening to that crap, I am. Uh, maybe I'll edit it out. I still want okay. to do too much editing on this. Okay. Uh, Ken's in town for, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, two, five days. Yeah. Almost five <laughs> days, because you got here Sunday, uh, Friday afternoon. That's right. Um, just to burn up some air miles, you said. Yeah, there's some flight credits I got. So, I, I, you know, I don't have a lecture gig right now, or, uh, you know, there's no event in... Los Angeles that I'm speaking at. I'm just here to visit Greg, and he's showing me a wonderful time. Yeah. Trying. I was gone yeah. for almost two days of it. Yeah. Well, a day and a half. Yeah, well, that's kind of, you know, when people disappear, that's kind of wonderful, too. Yeah, Ken can start uh, snooping and uh, yeah, you checking know, out what I got here. And Well, you know how self-absorbed I am, so. <laughs> like the, um, who did, uh, uh, Ivan Stang used to say, the subgenius is a, self, uh, a self-amusing personality. <laughs> Well, as a longtime member of that church, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it. It means that um, you're never sitting there going, "What should I do?" God, I'm so bored. <laughs> well, I certainly there's never a, say that. There's always something to do. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to be a boring person to be bored. I think there's, a, there's actually a little too much to do. You know, I operate on overload all the time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you gotta you gotta really have to take some time out and try to do nothing for a while. It's the only healthy thing to do. <clears throat> You should do that. You're you're a much busier man than I am. It's twenty four seven. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you need to take some time to smell the flowers or the coffee. No, don't smell the coffee. Smell the flowers. <laughs> coffee would just wind you up. <clears throat> there, we have a siren. Yeah, see, I told you. Sounds of the city. I guess that's good background for a show like this. Well, right in the middle of the city. Ken lives in uh, St. Louis, not right in the middle of the city. Actually, it's kind of countryish there. You're next to a I, golf I li- course. I live in the, the last remnant of rural Missouri, at least the last one around the cities. Mm-hmm. My, I, you know, my house is a, an old Victorian farmhouse. You've seen it. And all the houses that, that surround it are all the burbs that have been built up. My house went up in 1897. And... It looks and feels and acts completely different. In fact, this is a ghost story of mine. The reason I'm in that house was that it called to me. I had no other reason to be in that house except one day I was passing by and the house said, stop and pay attention to me. And then it turned out to be the oldest house in the neighborhood. And uh, shortly after I moved in, the family of the previous owner showed up at the door with all these photographs of the place from uh, 1897 to you know, the early 1900s. And, uh, you know, I've had this kind of a weird paranormal relationship with my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, a past that just talking to you or uh, speaking to you or anything anybody else would notice? Or um, just a, a private conversation between you and the house? It's a, I don't know, it's, it's a sense that this is where I belong, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to articulate. Uh but you know, and it's and it's quite true. I mean, I've done apartment living. I I really can't stand cities that are overcrowded and noisy. You know, I've told you this many times. Just and, like here. Yeah, and and this is as much of the. It's like the house is saying, oh, "Look, I'm the last 
remnant of really pure rural Missouri, rural America, and that's what you need, and that's why you know you got you have to be here. Otherwise, the house is a real pain in the neck. You know, it's just got a lot of restoration work. You know, as old as it is, things are always falling apart. But uh, you know, it's kind of perfect for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I told Ken I'd come out uh, when his son moves out and, and help him build a library in the in the in the room that'll be left. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. A library. I always, wanted, I always wanted a library with a chair like this that you're sitting in, and a um, the walls covered with books, a large reading table in the middle, and a stand in the corner with a large book like uh, we have. Um, Sigrid got uh, uh, Jung's Red Book. Oh yeah. <laughs> she she got a full size copy of this, and we want to have a nice you know uh, uh, craftsman looking stand to put it on, like an oak stand to put it on in our library. That'd be cool. Well, you have so many rare editions and signed copies of things here. It's it is practically a museum here already. So a few display cases and regular lecture series. <laughs> <laughs> Today I'm going to talk about all the shit in my house. But of course, you know, I've been working as an archivist now for 32 years. Yeah. So I've basically been living in a library <laughs> uh, every day, 40 hours a week, for 32 years. Uh, so I'm not as compelled to transform my house that way, except, you know, all the kinds of things that I have in my house do not appear in the library where I work or many libraries around the world. It's been the whole thrust of my work is actually to ferret out that kind of material and try to find out what else you can find out about the world other than what, you know, the libraries offer you in the newspaper's report kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have, yeah, well, Ken's house is also like a, uh, it's also like a museum. And uh, for, for, for a few minutes, can you describe, there's all these things on your mantelpiece, the fireplace mantelpiece. Oh my God, yeah. That I looked at and I, I knew sort of what some of them were. Like one of them you had uh, preserves from Maury Island, I think. <laughs> that's right. That's right. My, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my cousin who lives up there sent me those uh, and and they're there with um, this I have a small toy statuette of a um, an f111 uh, which uh, used to be called the TFX tactical fighter it was in an experimental aircraft in 1963 and it was the subject of JFK's last um, campaign uh, last talk you know right before he was oh, shot okay. he was yeah. going to speak about the TFX tactical fighter. I thought that's why he got elected because of the elect, the companies that were building it, and they found out part of it was that some of the companies uh, who built it, Lockheed or um, General Dynamics, General Dynamics. Okay, they found out where all the General Dynamics plants were, and then said um, Kennedy approves with the TFX fighter, so that would mean jobs and uh, money for the people in the areas that had that had General Dynamics as their an employer or their main employer. I thought that was part of it, too. Well, yeah, it is part of it. In fact, it's, a, it's considered a great betrayal. Uh, the contract was supposed to go to Boeing. And instead of That's going right. to Boeing at the last minute, and uh, Seymour Hersh talks about this in The Dark Side of Camelot, that book. Um, it, it all involves Sam Giancana and uh, uh, JFK's mobster lover. What was her name? Uh, well, whatever. It, it, it involves all that. And it was uh, actually... Uh, Jim Garrison's idea that uh, that Kennedy was shot uh, by Fred Crisman, and Crisman was in the employ of Boeing because of the fallout of his betrayal. Garrison thought it was Crisman. That's absolutely right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. In fact, uh, 
I didn't know what, what he who he thought it was. He just I thought he knew what who had been involved. Well, you know, you can find in the that, conspiracy. You can find out a, a, a more about this if you get the director's cut of Oliver Stone's JFK movie. Not the one that was Does he say Crisman or say somebody that looks like him? No, he, recru- he recreates what actually happened in reality. John LaRoquette plays Johnny Carson. Jim Garrison goes on the Johnny Carson show. Right. Precisely to talk about, you know, at that time, Garrison's going around the country talking about the conspiracy. And, uh, and Carson's all nervous about it. And, you know, everything he says, he's trying to shut him down. And finally, they hold, held up the Tramps picture. And that's, you know, another bit of the lore that the Tramp. In the one thing in the thing is Fred Crisman. And Garrison is about to say, this is the guy who shot from the grassy knoll. His name is Fred Crisman. When Johnny Carson tears down the photo, puts the photograph down and makes the cameras go to a commercial. So they recreate all this. How did you know what he was going to say? Did he say it later? Uh, well, it's, it's in his memoir. Oh, yeah, okay. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've so, never read that. Well, I haven't read his memoir. So. <laughs> well, you know, so this all, you know, leads back into the Moray Island case. It sounds like, you know, uh, Kehoe being uh, censored. And there's a lot of debate about what he was going to say on the Armstrong Circle Theater when he said, now I'm going to reveal something that has never been revealed before about, you know, and it was the Air Force covering up or uh, some group covering up the UFO. Subject. Yeah. You know, it's always it's always like that. You know, it, it, obviously some kind of cover up is going on. But then it's always a group of people saying, oh, not really. They. You know, it was a technical hiccup or... Uh, no, no, no. The, the <laughs> argument is about, that I've seen, is amongst researchers about what actually he was going to say. And it ranges everything from, you know, names being named to, I think he actually wrote later what he wanted to say. Yeah. Um, maybe some people have done lip readings, because you can see his mouth moving. Uh-huh. And uh, and they guess that way, but there's a few different uh, uh, scenarios about what he was going to say. Well, but I, yeah. I interrupted you about uh, well, I'm just, I'm just, my, my point Garrison there, and on Carson. Well, but no, my point about Kehoe is that there's always something, you know, uh, the the fact that there's a technical glitch there that there is still an argument being made about it. You know, uh, it, is that happened? This thing on the Carson show happened. You know, it's always something, and it always you know different camps come back with different ideas of what that something is. But the point is, there's something. And that's that's fishy. So, anyway, how did we get that far? Chrisman, yeah, is the the grassy knoll shooter, according to Garrison. Now, I put a lot of stock in Garrison's case because he was there at the time, and, you know, contemporaneous with uh, the assassination. And he talked to the principal players. Um, You know, he lost his case. But, again, it was just the case that he could bring to court, not necessarily the, the truth as he saw it. And when polled afterwards, all the jurors said that he had made it, he, he, that they believed him, yeah. but he technically had not made the case enough to uh, convict Clay Shaw. I'm going to try and capture this very large insect. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> It's live radio, folks. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to leave all this in. This is—I okay. like this stuff. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, how did we get to there? Um, well, we were going to make it topical this year by or this time to discuss. Yeah, talking about Yuri Geller. We were going to bring up one Yuri Geller into the uh, uh, release of the, the the final release on October 26th of the, of the last the last of the JFK files. Yeah. Right. What what files were we waiting for? 
Well, this, these were all the, these are the last 3,000 files of over 30,000 files that were released as part of the uh, Assassination Materials Review Act that was uh, passed in light of Oliver Stone's movie. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and it had long been scheduled. Uh, Trump said that he wasn't going to stop it. And now, of course, all the Trumpsters are trying to make it out like, see, he would, Trump has come along and he's going to break open the conspiracy about the Kennedy assassination. But he really has done nothing except, you know, fail to... Fail to block what's supposed block. to happen right. anyway. Yeah, he's just letting it happen, right. Yeah, so, so that, that's absurd. But he could block it. He could block it. And I supposedly, but this, you know, does dovetail into what Yuri Geller is saying, because supposedly these yes, files... Yes, you, you, you have to explain Yuri Geller, too. Okay, you, we all know who Yuri Geller is. Yes, we yeah, don't okay. have to explain Yuri Geller. Explain if you have to explain Yuri Geller, yeah. you shouldn't be listening to this show. Now, he released a, a, a long letter in which he was... Recently. Recently, just recently, and I have it up Within at, the last uh, couple of days, I think. Yeah, and it's up at, uh, at uh, Steam Show Press Facebook. You have it, too, don't you? Or do you? Or maybe I should send it to you to put it up on your... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, link, yeah. I'll link the Facebook site for right. Steam Shovel. And he's trying to make the case that uh, he was involved uh, with the CIA uh, uh, investigating the Kennedy assassination, specifically about uh, what is being released in these files. That is Oswald's supposed visit to the uh, American embassy in Mexico City. How was he involved? Well, he doesn't say, of course. I mean, with Geller, he's just like stringing it on, you know, and he says... Uh, he has to wait to now for these files to be released to see what they say, and if they don't say anything, then he has to continue his vow of silence that he's maintained all these years, which, of course, is a bunch of horse hockey. He, he's under no, no obligation yeah. to, to yeah, keep and it, quiet. Well, I don't understand why he would even get involved in such a thing. He's a psychic spy. You know, and is that what he says? What he that he was hired to do? Uh, yeah, and apparently okay. he's had a, a long time relationship with Jackie Onassis too. According to him, he's got correspondence and stuff. The whole thing sounds like a setup for a book or something he's going to produce. So ah. yeah. So there's that. Uh, and again, though, we won't uh, we won't know what it is until Thursday. You know, that's but this whole business that Trump is some kind of hero in the Kennedy assassination or that he's a conspiracy theorist or that he's on our side, that's all total bullshit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Trump is, uh, is what I call a conspiracy celebrity. He uses the, the aura of, uh, of conspiracy research, you know, with its spies and its, uh, you know, uh, uh, truth-telling martyrs and, and all that stuff. He uses that for his political advantage. Uh, which gives me a good opportunity to bring up my book, the name of my book, because I, I go, I have a, a good chapter on this about um, uh, the, the book is, uh, and the book is called what? Trumpocalypse Now. And you said you weren't real happy with that title. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, actually, I was when I first came up with it. It came into my mind immediately. Uh, the, the subtitle is, is is great. I think the uh, the triumph of the conspiracy spectacle. Uh, so you know, people read that. You know, they read that. The, they read that subtitle and think, "Hey, this is a pro." They read the, the title and they think, "Oh, anti-Trump book." And they read the subtitle. It's like, "Oh, it's a pro-Trump book." Um, but yeah, yeah, well, that's, I, that, that's the problem I think here is that people look for, "Are you for or against?" If you're not for, you must be against. If you're not against, you must be for. And it's that it is not at all that simple, especially with this book. Well, in this case, if you're not for Trump, according to many. Most people that I argue about this with, you're for Clinton, 
and and that's why you're a fool and and, and an idiot. And the, and the point that I keep bringing up to them is, one chapter of the book reprints an article that uh, the Washington Post, an article of mine that the Washington Post published in 1992 called Clinton Era Conspiracies, in which I outline everything that I thought was going to be coming up in this era of Clinton. What kind of conspiracies they're going to be involved in? You know, I didn't, didn't, you know, the Vince Foster thing. Everything is listed there, and in fact, that had such an impact that when later, when Hillary Clinton came out and started making this, she had this great theory about the vast right-wing conspiracy. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. All right. At the time, she came up with that idea that White House also released a report called the uh, Commercial Stream of Conspiracy Commerce or something like that, in which you know they they presented this theory that stories get planted in the foreign press and then get fake stories, fake news, gets planted in the foreign press and then they get picked up in the American press and and given credibility and that this is the origin of all these conspiracy theories. And the first thing in that report is the article I wrote for the Washington Post. You know, so you can't really say that uh, I'm a big Clinton supporter when... You know, her, you know, the argument is silly because the Washington Post is not foreign press. You know, it's a, it's an American paper. That's what I wrote it for. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I made a big stab at uh, uh, trying to deconstruct Hillary Clinton. So I'm not really picking on uh, Trump because I'm a Clinton supporter. You can't say that. you got to read the book. And, and yeah, you, just because you have yeah. a problem with somebody and you're, you, know, you, say, you point out problems does not mean you're for somebody else that is not them. That has nothing to do with it. Well, more than that, what I try to do is... Which I just said about five minutes ago, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, well but like... The I said, duality thing is, it, is, it, is, it, is, uh, is, is very ingrained now at this point. Right, it's not just duality. It's what I call false dialogue. Okay, yeah, that's more accurate. Yeah, false dialogue. Either we got to be for Trump or we got to be for Clinton, and if we're not one or the other, then, uh, then, then why are we speaking up? And, of course, my whole point of view is that you can think for yourself. You don't have to prostrate yourself in it either camp of these super elite politicians uh you can you can research them and figure out you know all of their dirty deeds and understand for yourself how, how corrupt the whole system is you know um so that's that's the effort i'm trying to make in trump apocalypse now uh what but anyway yeah we were talking about how that relates to the kennedy assassination yes please now this, remember during the election uh the uh, idea was that trump kept bringing up these photographs of uh um, uh, Ted Cruz's uh, father. Father's his father. Yeah, um, uh, in uh, handing out Fair Play for Cuba uh, leaflets with Lee Harvey Oswald, the same, same famous set of photographs. Definitely Oswald. Yeah, in, uh, in, in uh, New Orleans. In, in New Orleans, I can't right. remember the name of the square. It's where the where the FBI headquarters was, and a few other right. things. Right, uh, Camp Street. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And. Uh, 544 camp. 544 camp. Yeah, yeah. So we've got these photographs, and, you know, it's, there's a good case to be made that that is Cruz's father. Uh, but, but the point that is totally... And, 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 and Trump trying to smear Cruz, trying to say, oh, look, here is uh, his father in league with this evil criminal, Lee Harvey Oswald, who's planning uh, to kill JFK, and, you know, and, and maybe can smear him that way. But the point is, and I think what everybody understands is that Oswald was ingratiating himself with the pro-Castro-Cuban com- uh, uh, community. That's why he's, he's not really pro-Castro. He's, those, those flyers, in fact, were found in uh, FBI offices. Yeah, in the in, in, yeah right. in, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the uh, agent there. 
Guy Bannister. That's it, Bannister. And Guy yeah. Bannister is a very important figure, not only uh, uh, in the JFK case, but in the Maury Island case. He and Jim Garrison were both active in the Pacific Northwest back in the 40s. And, and Bannister, before Maury Island, found a very small UFO disc, and it was reported in the papers. And Even you know, though it was a hoax. Yeah. Well. Uh, it was a hoax. It was a piece of metal with flashing lights in it. That's a hoax. According to who? Uh, everything I've seen. Have you seen the sketch of the thing? No. Have you talked to the people who held it? No. No. Okay. So somebody told you that that's that it, it was a hoax. No, I deduced it from looking at the information that was published on it. Why was it not? Well, or I, possibly not. I didn't reach the conclusion. <laughs> you did. Yeah. <coughs> um, but anyway. Uh, well, I said not, it was possibly not, so I was trying to get you to convince me that it was possibly not. Uh, well, I mean, we don't want to get too far afield. But the, That's okay. The, the point is Guy Bannister, this guy who's, you know, involved in uh, FBI skullduggery in the 40s during the Maury Island case, and, and, and that's who Oswald is working for in uh, New Orleans, in the New Orleans, trying to ingratiate himself with the pro-Castro Cubans, to, to, to spying on them. He's spying on them to collect information. He's doing this patriotic duty, and this is the point that was totally missed by Trump and anybody else commenting on it, is that if what Trump was saying was right, and that's uh, uh, Cruz's father, then Cruz's father's doing the same thing. They're doing their patriotic duty. That could be nothing but a plus, you know, in uh, Cruz's life. Not anything that should work against him, because he's doing a dangerous job uh, for trying to infiltrate Castro. And that, you know, was, was utterly lost <laughs> on Trump and everybody else because Trump doesn't know beans about the Kennedy assassination. He doesn't care either. He's a conspiracy celebrity. I mean, I can name them off. In fact, I can piss Rob Sterling off right now by doing it. Jesse Ventura. Um, uh, um, who are the other people? I mean, all kinds of celebrities take on the mantle of pretending to be conspiracy theorists. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is another one. Um, Richard uh, Belzer? Richard Belzer is another one. Although, you know, he footnoted my book, so I shouldn't really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the idea is, you know, there's, there's something glamorous and attractive about conspiracy theories. So these celebrities, are, they, you know, want to distinguish themselves from other celebrities. So they, they make it part of their press profile that they're into conspiracy theories, you know, and that makes them smarter and hipper or whatever. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a long history, particularly with Jesse Ventura. You know, Jesse Ventura was, uh, was the governor of Minnesota when the... Uh, Senator Paul Wellstone died in a mysterious plane crash, uh, the second of which, uh, the, the, in that series, the first one killed somebody I knew, Governor of Missouri, uh, Mel Carnahan. And so there was a series of, of assassinations that led up to uh, George's, George Bush's election. And uh, Ventura didn't touch that. In fact, when, well, when they, they tried to have a public memorial to Paul Wellstone, he shut it down because he said it, it seemed too, too partisan. So he's only interested in those conspiracies that, you know, make him look like, uh, you know, macho, tough guy who's not taking any shit from the government. But just like Trump, you know, wants to present that to you, it's not true. You know, the, the exact reverse is, is what's actually happening. Uh, okay, I, I am going to press you again. Uh, Please convince me that what was found in Idaho and brought to Guy Bannister's office that was this little um, a disc, I believe, that had blinking lights or was making a noise or at least looked like some manufactured something by someone was truly anomalous. Um, 
Well, you know, Sorry, I'm pushing it, but it, you know, it's my thing. It's my, um, it's a UFO thing. So I'd like to know. Well, you know, D- disabuse me of my, uh, our, my uh, notion. I wouldn't want to do that, um, but I would. You Why know, not? I would just suggest to you, for the sake of your own knowledge, is to, 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 to not think that that's all it is or could be. Because you don't know, you're 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 taking secondhand accounts. There's a sketch of it actually. There's a newspaper report about it. It's all reprinted in um, uh, yeah, Maury Island UFO. Yeah, I think but, that's uh, where the, well, I saw it for the yeah. first time. But yeah, we don't know what it was. I mean, uh, well, I can make an assumption about anything, I suppose, if I wasn't there. Um, well, and then why don't you introduce your argument that way? This is my assumption, <laughs> not this it is, is the it is not, my, not this is the to- this is the truth. That was a hoax. Yeah. Well, it, know, it, it, I mean, it, according to me and what I've seen, from the little that I've seen, because I wasn't there on second hand, it, it, it looks like something that somebody could have made. Um, uh, for what purpose might be interesting, either, you know, is it for some nefarious purpose or just a hoax or... Well, the, the newspaper reports at the time was that the kids made it, you know, out of a yeah, I out, saw of, that. out of a turntable or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it looked like it was made out of a turntable or that kids could do it unless they were really good at it. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked it looked like a nice piece of equipment. It just from what I could see. You saw a photo of it? No, no, from the the so sketch, sketch that's yeah, in here. So yeah, you got a you got a sketch and you got a news report and you got yeah, you know, and you got a guy guy Bannister who you know leading a double life, obviously in his entire career. You don't really have credible information. One way or another, so you just got to. Besides, if it whether it's real or not, what difference does it make to Guy Bannister in this whole story? Well, uh, that's absolutely true. <laughs> it's not really even that. Well, relevant. except to say, you know, to, to, to paint a broad stroke picture, that uh, uh, the Kennedy assassination is something. I can hear all these outside noises through my headphones. Like, what? What is that? <laughs> They'll all come out on. On this thing, anyway. That's fine. The Kennedy assassination is about... And there's the loud Porsche getting started. Um, yeah, this gets back to uh, what I was saying about the TFX tactical fighter, too. Oh, the Kennedy yeah. assassination is about the... <laughs> this is something that could be nervous. What's going on? Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be away in a sec. No, we can keep talking. It's okay. all right. The, uh, the military-industrial complex. Um, and so is the UFO story. And, I mean, all these things are wrapped up in all the mysteries, all the espionage, the spy, and the skullduggery of the military-industrial state. I wanted to finish the story about the TFX tactical fight. Oh, please do, yeah. And, again, it's, uh, it was Garrison's contention that uh, Kennedy was killed because of the contract dispute between... Boeing and General Dynamics regarding the TFX tactical fighter, uh, which was uh, eventually approved, and it became the uh, F-111, a fighter plane project that was sold to Australia. As part of the funding corridor that they created for that, the radomes of Pine Gap were created. And I don't know if your listeners understand that Pine Gap is like the Australian Area 51. So all of this kind of plugs into this this, this global picture we have of... uh, uh, the radomes, Area 51, uh, the Echelon satellite system, all that work, works together in this theory. And it's really the much more, more, more complete, comprehensive uh, theory about the Kennedy assassination than Oswald acted alone or the mob did it or, or, or anything like that. You know, so. I'm still not understanding how that fits in organically to the rest of it. It sounds like you make a case that the 
the, the fighters had something to do with something that was sold to uh, a, a, a funding corridor for getting Pine Gap built, which is a U.S. Is it U.S. controlled? No, it was sold to the Australians. Australia did it. Okay. Australia built it. Uh, they're, they're the place where they do their, their secret uh, testing and all that. Um, was Kennedy standing in the way of that? Or he was just, it was just, it was, you just said it was, uh, it was uh, revenge for not. Uh, well, he had taking, approved, yeah, he had approved the. the that's right. The, he'd approved the, the Boeing one. And, right. then, and then when he's on the campaign trail, he pushed the other one for votes. So that was the. Push the General Dynamics one for votes? Yeah, like I said earlier, there he looked. He, him and Bobby went through and looked to see, or his campaign oh, manager sorry, yeah. looked to see which districts had the most, you know, had the most voters for these different projects. Right, that's so they how did they. That's how they. That's how they, that's how they picked it. Not yeah. not based that the accusations they but picked also, it based supposedly on sent, votes, yeah. not on not on uh, uh, promises or even um, uh, the features of the uh, of the two different fighters. I think uh, what's his name? Um, who was that? Who was that colonel that uh, spoke about this a lot? Uh, he, oh. he he was uh, he was Mister X in, uh, in oh, JFK. Uh, Fletcher Prouty. Yeah, Fletcher Prouty spoke about this. Right, right. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's a, he spoke about it at length. Actually, uh, he's the guy that uh, first pointed out the frames of the Zabruder film. That you, you know, in the Zabruder film, you see the Umbrella Man and the radio control, the radio controller guy. Well, Prouty mm-hmm. surfaced photographs that shows that same scene right after it happened from the other side and the umbrella man sits down calmly and the radio controller man sits down calmly on the curb well everybody's going to rush into you know toward the grass you know and going crazy mm-hmm. and he, you know probably probably pointed that out um but yeah but the other the other piece of that though is that uh uh sam giancana uh uh was using judith exner to blackmail kennedy to give the contract to Boeing. What does so, the mob have to do with Boeing? Well, what does the mob have to do with the CIA? <laughs> you know, they're, they're hired killers, you know. Why would Boeing be interested in hired killers? Um, I'm, I'm asking as a question. I'm like, what the hell is this stupid? It's like, that, that's an interesting one. I've never yeah. heard the mob being connected with aerospace. Oh, it's all on the dark side of Camelot, you know. All right. You've well, heard of the mob being connected to the intelligence world, though, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And that, that's, in fact, that's one of the things that discredits most of the mob theories, is that mob guys are hired. They're hired killers, you know, so they're not the, the brains behind the operation. Right. You know, so all these uh, jailhouse confessions uh, <laughs> that uh, Kennedy has to be taken with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. What's going to be in, what, what's supposedly in these files and where did they come from? Are they things that were withheld by all uh, a, a variety of different. I'm sorry, I'm so ignorant, but a variety of different uh, agencies. Well, it's kind of fascinating that they have to do with Mexico City, because that's a very. Con- did Oswald go to Mexico City yeah. or not? I don't think he did. The photo. You ever see the photographs they've ever produced of? Yeah, uh, Oswald I, in the Mexico- unconvincing to me. Unconvin- t- unconvincing is a mild word for it. He's <laughs> not the guy. He's a big. Fat guy. He doesn't look like Oswald whatsoever. Yeah. But that doesn't really mean that Oswald wasn't there. It's just that they didn't take his picture. Or those aren't the pictures that uh, things, yeah. you know, that you're looking for. Yeah. And, and and of course the whole thing is a setup to try to make him look again Castro sympathetic when in fact he was trying to infiltrate. Uh, See, this is a twist I hadn't heard that he was trying. I, I had no idea why he was involved with the Castro uh, fair play for Cuba people. Yeah. It was a it was attempting to infiltrate the. Uh, 
at whose behest and how, how was this discovered? Well, uh, Bannister was working for the FBI, so you could right. say it was the FBI. You yeah. Know? Well, you could just you know back into the fog of the intelligence community. Um, it's an interesting thing, you know. They're they're doing a conference in Dallas again. Uh, Judith Very Baker, uh, who says she had an affair with Oswald, is doing this, and I've I've had this exchange with her on Facebook before that. There's no good scenario for Oswald in this. I mean, he yeah. probably didn't you shoot. You pointed this out. This yeah, he, he probably didn't shoot Kennedy. Uh, in fact, you know, there's good reason to believe he was just he was on the second floor sipping a coke. Uh, but that doesn't mean he was some kind. Of, film, yeah. yeah, that doesn't mean he was some kind of hero. You know, uh, in in that scenario, he's a patsy. Yeah. You know, and then he winds up getting himself killed. And so there's no heroic dimension to any of that. Uh, so. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if I've con convinced Judith, because you know she says she was in love with him and had an affair with him. And, um, uh, you can't convince anybody that has a specific set of beliefs that they that those beliefs are wrong. Well, you just can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, there, not by talking to them. There are some JFK researchers. Do you know Jim DiEugenio and Lisa, yes. Lisa Pease? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of like. Naive. Were they the ones that did the? They had a zine for a while, didn't they? The probe is what it's called. Yeah, probe. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, and Adam Parker. I had, I had some correspondence with them very early on. I I think we saw them together at one point. Really? Yeah. Um, Parfrey published uh, uh, the collected newsletters of the probe, and they're very good researchers, very smart, very brilliant people. They they don't like me much uh, because you know the yeah I was responsible for the Dor Torbit document and that's so full of shit and this you know it's just like any other. Kennedy factional thing. Uh, I don't believe uh, what you wrote about, so therefore you're stupid or evil or whatever. Uh, and and Lisa too. Th this is the interesting thing about this. Uh, it's where I, where I got my final take on them. Lisa was trying to deny the idea that um, Kennedy slept with Mary Pinchot Meyer, who was a graduate st uh, student of uh, Timothy Leary's. Mm. And uh, you know the likelihood is that JFK and Mary Meyer dropped acid in the White House. But they don't want to believe that because they still have this very pure ver idea of, you know, the clean-cut Kennedy guy. And anything that works against that is some kind of wacky conspiracy theory. Well, how did you come to that conclusion? Or, well, how did you get to the point where you think that's what happened? Uh, it's, just, it's just from my reading of history. I, I, I never had a, a chance to directly talk to uh, Leary about it, you know. That's uh, a, a great regret of mine. I, I should have. But uh, it seems pretty clear to me that that's what happened. Um, uh, I just, you know, just 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 reading over the history. I mean, it's it's been it's been twisted in a lot of different ways. There's a book by Nina Berlay that says that that's not true, but there's like a dozen other books that there's another one called Mary's Mosaic that uh, that support the idea. And of course, she was found killed on the towpath by the Potomac. Uh, and the idea that so that she and then and James Jesus Angleton. Uh, took her diary and it disappeared into the into the fog. You know, these are facts of history. You know, and again, you know, I wouldn't say so. That absolutely proves it. But any reasonable person looking over the facts would probably be inclined to say, well, until we know something else, it looks it looks quite likely. All right. And in fact, well, actually, Leary does talk about it though in flashbacks. Leary's does he? Uh, about, yeah, he, he, he. I read it years he, ago. He talks about talking to her, saying that she's involved in some crazy stuff at the White House, uh, and uh, but he, he never kind of gets down to any details in it, but he does refer to it. Crazy stuff. 
so what, uh, uh, I think I was still asking the same question. What is uh, what is expected to be in the files? Uh, names, thousands of pages. Uh, names mostly, and that's why they. Uh, don't you think? Well, again, again, it's about it's about Mexico. It's, it's about Mexico City. You know, the whole I mean? thing's about Mexico City. Well. Yeah, well, I guess we'll, a lot we'll, we'll know for sure when it all comes out. But Why? Because are gonna be, it's going to be a different set of photographs, you know, that actually show Oswald. I guess that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's mostly uh, in taking a non-conspiratorial view of this. It's, uh, uh, you, you know, the, the reason that they... Uh, I have to grab my phone. Blah, 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 blah. Let's play in that way, yeah. Uh, okay. Dead air is not a good thing for a radio show, so let me just say this. Uh, Trumpocalypse Now, the triumph of the conspiracy spectacle is available at Amazon.com. And uh, to get discussion with me uh, about conspiracy stuff, uh, find me on Facebook at Ken Thomas with Steam Shovel Press in parentheses around it. Sorry, what are you just, saying about me? I was just doing a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about what might be in oh, these, yeah. uh, in, in what's released on on uh, Thursday, the twenty sixth. Right. Now it could coming be up here in two days. It could be the thing that blows the lid off of Kennedy assassination research and finally shows us who who killed him and why. Uh, but it's more than likely just names. The reason they've kept these things redacted is that those, sources and methods. Are, uh, uh, yeah, and those, some of those agents are still alive, you know, and uh, well, probably not too many anymore. Then. Or they will black them out. Redact them, yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I think that's what happened with all the 30,000 files that have been released. They're all redacted. And they just give you more kind of dynamics of the uh, action and the lives of uh, what was going on between the people, but not so much of the names. So, and, 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 that, and that's supposedly why there's all this resistance uh, uh, in, in, among people. It's that you know, some of those names may still be in there. But, hell, you know, it's been, what is it now, 50... Four years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 54 years. You re remember, I kind of retired from this business three or so years ago uh, because I felt really at, uh, you know, at, at 50 years, uh, that was about as far as we were going to go. And, you know, and when you consider it, that the, the, nobody believes in the loan nut theory except for CBS. And this is where we need to get into talking about Joe Posner and his recent appearances on CNN. Okay. Yeah. About the only people at left that believe that, uh, oh, Oswald, yeah. that yeah. Oswald did it. That Oswald acted alone. It's just, uh, you know, it's just the, the, the fake news media. Uh, and, you know, you, you got to hand it to Trump. At least he's got that much right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's not fake news about everything, but certainly in the, in the Kennedy assassination. That's what we were... Okay. First, first, we talked about, you know, that the um, single shooter being pushed by... Basically, just the major media and Gerald Posner, and probably Bugliosi. I think had a book too. Oh yeah, yeah. It was Bugliosi, the bug. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But, but you know, he was a lawyer. <laughs> uh, so was Garrison. Well, I think I don't So, but Gerald Posner is. You know, they 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 they, they, they trotted him out on a CNN program called. Schnirkomish or something. There's this media critic guy with some weird last name, like Schnirkomish, and that's the name of his show. And uh, totally, uh, totally, you know, I mean, I mean, there, there are many, many people that could be talking about this, as you might imagine. Uh, yeah. Vince Palamara is still out there. Um, 
you know, any 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 number. Judith Baker would be a good person. Yeah. But there, you know, I mean, there's a whole, there's still a whole JFK research community out there. But uh, the, uh, the people that they decided to pick on CNN to discuss this, of course, the one person is the one of the most notorious lone nut people. Now, th- that is the most discredited camp of any study of the Kennedy assassination. Even the government doesn't believe that. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they came up with the Warren Commission thing, and then in the, in the 70s, they came up with the House Select Committee on Assassinations and said, yes, there was a conspiracy. So, uh, you know, uh, Posner has no, uh, no... I never read his book. Uh, case closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he also has this whole history of, uh, uh, of uh, plagiarism uh, and... Uh, 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 kind of international skullduggery. He was, you know, in business with the brother of Hamid Karzai, the Prime Minister of Afghanistan, and he was uh, he was censured for stealing long passages, of, uh, of, of and, and, and calling them his own. You know, he's a plagiarist. He's notorious for all these things. He's discredited himself in very broad, visible ways. None of which, of course, is mentioned by CNN. They just present him as a nice, neat lawyer-looking guy who's going to tell you again that it was a lone nut and there's not going to be anything in these files that proves anything uh, other than that and, and so yeah, on Yeah, but doesn't forth. like probably 95% of the population not agree with him? Some huge, I mean, you know it's, Nobody it's does. way over half. The government doesn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's so much more to say than what Posner has to say. He has no value as a, uh, as a person to be interviewed on a news show, not, you know, not when there's so many other people and so much left to be uh, discussed about that topic, but they don't give it a second thought at CNN. They're going to find the one guy that uh, affirms the, the lone nut uh, theory, and uh, they're going to talk to him. And this does nothing but support all those Trumpsters out there that talk about fake news, you know, because it is it is fake. What they're doing with this topic is it's it's, it's fake. It's obviously manipulated. They're doing their best uh, to maintain this fiction that uh, um, uh, that that Oswald acted alone. Uh, why? Well, it's part of a kind of an overall strategy of the culture at large. If there, there's never a conspiracy, you know. Right. The, if, the, if that if that threat unravels, then other things start to unravel. Yeah, you start questioning authority. You know, yeah. the, the police aren't really doing their job, uh, and, and that kind of thing. The, the, the Vegas shooting is a perfect example. You don't see any. There's lots of lots of talk about uh, various conspiracy scenarios. Involving that, but they don't say anything about it on on CNN. They are you know, like a whitewash network. Uh, so, and that's a shame. And that gives you know uh, Trump Trumpsters more fuel, and you know uh, increases his support. Well, and then that's yeah. a shame because Trump doesn't represent anything uh, having to do with getting at the truth about the Kennedy assassination or anything else other than his profits and power. Well, you know, kind of the way I see it, and it's probably my excluded middle way of seeing things, is more like. If not more like, but it's so, sort of what you're saying in different form is that if media outlets like that are in collusion with something that's either most people don't believe or is you know has been disproven many times, there's obviously a whitewash or you know n- n- not n- not even near the truth, then you know. They've kind of cut their own throats, and everybody, you know, most people believe this too. Hmm. Um, but the point is that people on the other side, like a conspiracy person, somebody like you, you know, it, it, nobody, nobody knows where you're coming from either. So they don't, they, you know, how do they, they? They can't have you. You've got to be on a show like this. <laughs> you know, not not on CNN. Or yeah, whatever. I don't get a lot of major media exposure. I used to a little bit, but uh, 
Yeah, not so much because because my message is you know taken from my great guru, Tim Leary, is to question authority and to think for yourself. You know, and sure. they don't want you to do that. They they they've got their careers and their the the profits of their networks are tied up in the fact that we know the truth and you listen to us. You know, um, so you know, and that, that, that should be clear to anybody who has has thought number two. Now, as far as Trump and and the broad picture of the JFK assassination. The thing that needs to be brought up is not so much Russian collusion. I mean, he obviously did, and he's going to hang for it, or he's, he's going to, you know, it's going to lead to his resignation. That they're just dotting the eyes on these congressional investigations. Uh, but it's not about collusion. It's about uh, just his public support of Russia, and uh, the total absence of any discussion about the uh, the long series of political assassinations that have kept Putin in power. Uh, there's a whole chapter on this called Russian Parapolitics in Trumpocalypse Now. And it's the same kind of assassination program that most people believe went on in the 60s, you know, after the successful JFK hit with RFK, Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we supposedly live in a democracy where that kind of thing doesn't happen. And here we have our president uh, supporting a state uh, that... Uh, that, that State that does that you know gives us that same thing with official state well not not quite official but with uh, obvious uh, state sponsorship you know so that's where the the problem lies uh, what I keep telling people is that uh, he it's clear to everybody who's ever who who was watching television or, or that night or saw the clips later Trump is obstructing justice he told the NBC News that he fired Comey uh, because of the uh, uh, Russia investigation. So, no, that doesn't prove he, he uh, uh, collaborated with the Russians or whoever in any way. It does technically prove that he's tried to obstruct justice because Comey was investigating uh, that topic. That's what did Nixon in. And it, you know, it took two years to get Nixon out. The wheels grind slowly. And that's what's happening with Trump. You know, he, He's not going to reach the end of his, his, his term. This is all going to catch up with him. And uh, eventually he's going to be working deals and, uh, you know... Uh, uh, get get Pence to. Um, uh, there'll be there'll be many pe- people under the bus before he get, they get. To yeah, him. and when they get to him, he will just uh, make a deal with Pence to be pardoned, and then he'll resign. It's like they did with Nixon. Mm. You know, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a clear historical pattern. If that doesn't happen, well, then it really, really is sad because you know Trump is probably the most noxious thing that's ever happened to this country. Mm. Why do you think? that so many people you're talking to online and that pay attention to you are saying that, uh, that, that, that are, are supporters of his? Well, it's this populism idea. You know, uh, they're opposed to the new world order. And it's been a big theme on conspiracy people. They, they think that uh, the globalists are all uh, conspiring to create a world culture that, that leaves them out. And Trump supposedly... Uh, uh, represents uh, a break from that, you know, um, and uh, you know, in, in terms of broad picture, I said that's all people want to know about. I mean, they don't want to look closer. They don't want to see, you know. I mean, Trump is this, uh, he's a globalist himself, you know, a, a multinational super billionaire, um, and uh, and even though it's as sympathetic as I am to 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 that point of view. You know, there's another way to, of looking at it, you know. Uh, maybe it's not the New World Order. Maybe it's the Marshall Plan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ken, we're standing in front of a 
Marilyn Monroe's crypt grave in uh, the Westwood Memorial Park in Los Angeles, and you said you wanted to record something here, um, well, I thought even it, though we have that lawnmower in the background. Yeah, well, I hope it doesn't interfere too much, but... Uh, we'll just stay close to the microphone. Yeah, yeah, I just thought this would be a nice uh, on-site uh, report to make, uh, yeah, because Great. now we're getting a plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to cut it, that's not good. No, that's okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Maryland, you know, plays a role in uh, UFO history, of course, and I was uh, kind of reviewing it. I was reading Nick Redfern's article on something called the Spiriglio document. Right. Uh, this this memo that's uh, uh, that's a transcript of, supposedly of uh, a report about somebody eavesdropping on um, pillow talk between Marilyn Monroe and JFK and RFK. She says that JFK took her out to see the things from outer space uh, at an air base. And you follow just, you know, taking that to be a reference Area 51 and the things from outer space being, you know, the Roswell aliens. And, but, you know, actually coming along, there's another component to this that, that Nick doesn't even touch in that article. And that is there's a, a, there's a letter in Wilhelm Reich's archives where uh, he believes that Marilyn Monroe is calling him up at about the same time of, of this uh, Spiriglio document. So I don't know where that fits in the mosaic, but... Uh, I just noticed that her, her birth and death dates are reversed, 26 and 62. Ah, a coincidence? I think probably so. <laughs> probably, yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, we, we didn't, uh, since we've got a few minutes here, uh, we, we didn't finish the thought before being interrupted. This is the next day, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, being, being interrupted... Um, about a, a Marshall Plan or a new Marshall Plan or the the uh, uh, legacy of the Marshall Plan or how it how it uh, became how it turned into how it affected the situation as it stands today between the United States and the rest of the world. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's how World War II concluded. It was the Marshall Plan and right. the plan to to put money and, and effort into rebuilding Europe after the war. And I think that and that translates into a lot of people's minds into the new world order. And in, and in many ways, I, I guess it was, but it was necessary for the survival of uh, of the planet to get you know people working together. And this fallback now to uh, uh, anti-immigrant attitudes and uh, uh, populist sovereignty arguments and all that kind of stuff is a uh, is a step away from that. Uh, that people have you know bloomed into. Uh, I think their idea might be that it that it was fine for the time, but it's been perverted. Yeah, that it's gone too far. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, no matter what they're doing, we're still in a global military-industrial complex, you know. Uh, electing Trump or Brexit or any of these other things isn't going to stop that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but in fact, it's going to put it back into the hands of, you know, uh, super-rich industrialists who, who fund. Oh, that's that good kind of and effort. loud. Right, let me, let yeah, me pause this for a second. All right. Anyway, one more point about the Spiriglio document, and I encourage anybody listening to, to look it up if you don't know this debate. Look up Nick Redfern's article about it, in fact, because uh, he's, he's fairly complete. What and if the you, article? Uh, it, it, was, it was just online somewhere. Just okay, look up Red, right. we'll find it and link it. If you want to see the actual Spiriglio document, uh, go to my book, uh, Mind Control, Oswald, and JFK. I reproduce it uh, there in total. Now, Nick has a, is a, really, is a really interesting argument, and in one of the things about the Spiriglio document is it's, it's stamped uh, Project Moondust. And mm. from that, um, uh, Nick uh, infers that when she says she's talking about the things from outer space, that she may be talking about 
uh, remnants of a, uh, that were recovered by the Americans of a Soviet attempt to send uh, chimpanzees in outer space. And so it may be that, maybe may complete. But you know, we really flying saucers, monkey business. Yeah, yeah, we really don't know one way or another. We just have all these clues. But I, I was very heartened to see that Nick wasn't trying to debunk the Spiriglio document, yeah. since so often happens. Yeah, I don't think he would. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll end this for uh, for Ken's visit with a quote that he said in the car yesterday, completely offhanded. What did you say, Ken, about opinions? Uh, I think you know, people walk around with their own fictions. <laughs> yeah, opinions are just fictions you yeah. carry around with you. Reality tunnels, in other yeah. words. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, there, the guys starting the car now at uh, Marilyn Monroe's crypt in the Westwood Memorial Cemetery here on October twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen. Okay. okay, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.